Well, racing, uh, Greyhound Racing, racing, the new deal has been very much uh, the talk of uh, our airwaves this week. Uh, some good, perhaps uh, some not so good. Uh, but tonight, Harness Racing takes centre stage with uh, the Auckland Cup, uh, the Row Cup meet at uh, Alexandra Park, set to be an absolute cracker. It really should be. The Northern Derby yeah, as well. Um, all Group 1s, they stack up beautifully with uh, plenty of chances and our top-line horses on display. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, but uh, overall, it's been a very interesting week, and uh, Mick Guerin is with us now. Of course, Mick is the New Zealand Herald racing editor, co-host of the Mail Run, Trot's Talk. Uh, he's on telly all the time with all sorts of uh, racing interviews uh, and shows as well. So no one is more over uh, the events that have happened this week than Mick. Good morning to you, sir. Yeah, hi, Smitty, and big hi to you and, and uh, all the listeners around the country. Uh, the good news is, um, in Auckland, where they're having the Auckland Trotting Cup tonight, that's where you would probably think they would hold it, uh, it's a beautiful day. And, and it is important because this time of the year, Smitty, if it was cold and raining, it'd be a real downer. But it's a lovely day in Auckland. It will be cold there tonight, but they have a lot of the hospitality rooms are booked out. And they actually have a better Auckland Cup field than I thought they would get about six weeks ago. So it should be a nice sort of halfway for the racing season because the harness racing season is actually the calendar year. So it's not the same mm. season as the galloping season. So we get to tonight, we have this big shebang, and then we sort of all cool down and calm down for three or four months and go again in the warmer months. So I think it'll be a good send-off. And um, we have two vastly different cups. The Row Cup is a race for the trotters only. Uh, and Muscle Mountain completely dominates that and will win if his manners hold together. The Pacing Cup, far more dependent, Smithy, on what happens early, who's in front, horses are on the market pits, have an enormous advantage over horses who are racing outside them over 3,200 metres because every time you go around a bend on a 1,000-metre track, it's different from the gallopers. The gallopers can race really closely together because there's no sulkies. On the harness tracks, the sulkies are wider. Therefore, the horses outside the leaders are racing wider. So you tend to lose about two lengths per bend. Now, over 3,200 metres, you're going on the bends uh, quite a few times. So all of a sudden, if you're in the running line, so that's parked outside the horses on the marker pegs, over two miles, you need to be 10 lengths better to win. And over an enormously long period of time, um, the horses on the marker pegs win and often trifecta our major two-mile races. So that's a crucial factor for punters tonight because both the big races tonight are 3,200-metre standing starts. Mick, before you and Louis get uh, horse-specific and race-specific, I'd, I'd just like an overall viewpoint from you on this announcement with Entain and how you see it um, in terms of the harness industry, who we haven't really talked about too much about this week. Well, Smithy, bizarrely, harness racing have had a miracle, and, and past a miracle, because the numbers on this are staggering. Just consider this. The New Zealand TAB went to market for a strategic partner. So anybody in the world had the option to say, we'll do it for you. We will run your business. Of all the places who came up, there were four initial bidders that they came down to three, and I can only presume they chose the best bid. There's no reason for them not to. 
Now, they ended up with a company called Entain. Entain's based in England, but the New Zealand business will be run out of the Australian side of Entain. In a remarkable coincidence, the guy who runs Entain Australia, the chief executive, is a guy called Dean Shannon. He's a giant harness racing owner. He owns literally dozens, maybe up north of 100 horses. And he genuinely loves harness racing, and he owns the horse who won the Northern Derby called Merlin. When you consider how many people there are on earth, how many people run major betting companies, you might be down to chief executives of major betting companies in the world, 200. The chances of you having your business go into strategic partnership with a guy who is a harness racing zealot, well, harness racing zealots who run international bidding companies, there would be one on earth. One, that's Dean Shannon. The chances of them finding someone who runs an international bidding company to get into a strategic partnership with who happens to love harness racing were roughly eight billion to one, Smithy. They have pulled off a miracle because it doesn't mean you'll give harness racing any favours, but almost surely, unlike anybody else who got this role, he won't ignore it. Mick, that's uh, some great perspective you offer there around Dean Shannon, a guy we, we don't know a hell of a lot about at the moment, but I'm sure we're about to be acquainted to him as uh, punters over the coming weeks and months once they take over in only six days' time or so. Merlin, where's Merlin at? You mentioned Merlin. Merlin's a pretty talented young pacer. What's he up to? Yeah, slight hoof incident, uh, Louis. Good morning to you. Um, so he missed the New Zealand derby two weeks ago. He's on track for the Queensland Carnival if they decide to go. And the thing with going to a carnival is you put a horse on a plane to Australia, you get no change out of 20000 By the time they go there, go back, everybody flies across to drive the horse and look after it and accommodation. The trip's about 8000 for air fares. But you get no change out of 20. So if you're going to be getting on a plane to Queensland, you better know your horse is dinky die. He's ready to go. So they'll work him up and they'll probably trial him. And if he seems to be okay, he'll go. If there's any doubts, he won't. It's just too tricky to go if you have any concerns. So Merlin's parked up for the moment with Queensland potentially on his dance card. So to copy that, who races tonight, he could go to Queensland for the major winter carnival. But before then, look, we've got to get through tonight. And a lot of trainers will say to you, I'll make my decision after the big race. Because what you think's reality right now may not feel like reality at 9 o'clock tonight. Mick, can we go to race six tonight, the first of the three uh, group ones? It's uh, the, the Northern Derby mobile trot, 90k up for grabs, another group one. Betting suggests a three-prong attack here. Uh, Love Me Too, uh, confessional, and uh, walking on sunshine. Is that how you see the race? Smithy, I've had my biggest bet of the night tonight on uh, on confessional. I think it would. You're getting more odds because he's drawn the second line, but it's totally irrelevant because in a field the size of a 2,700 metres, the gap between the first horse and the last horse will be 200 metres. There'll be massive gaps. Horses just aren't unlucky in trotting derbies. So he'll get off the markers when he wants to. I think Paul Neam, his trainer driver, will balance him up early and then launch him. And I think when he launches him, he'll get the front. I think he'll win. I took 2.30 last night. I took 2.30 today. Uh, he's my bet of the night there tonight. Right. Okay. Uh, that uh, is followed by 
uh, $180,000 worth of the Road Cup, uh, another Group 1, and uh, you've already touched on it, Muscle Mountain, which has a picket fence, but you did put a, just a little bracket there about his manners. Well, he's actually a pretty well-mannered horse, but what he's doing tonight, Smithy, is something he hasn't done for a long time. So it's a standing start for people listening to this at home. Imagine you've got eight horses and then seven horses behind them. So there's 15 horses. So they're all standing there. Now, he's a big, giant horse, and he's going to be standing in the middle of the front line. So if they muck around or horses are misbehaving, he's going to have horses on either side. He's going to be annoyed. He's not going to enjoy himself because... Most of these horses do that all the time, but because he's so good, he races predominantly in mobile starts or he races off a handicap. So usually when he's in a standing start race, he's standing 20 metres behind them. And he's got plenty of room, and he's the last horse to come into line, and it's all very cruisy. He's going to be claustrophobic. He's going to be annoyed in that space tonight. Now, he may well handle it. He probably will. But he's only raced under those conditions in a standing start, the full front line, once in the last eight months. So all the other horses do this all the time because they're normal. But he's a superstar. So he very rarely has to stand around with other horses. I don't think it'll bother him too much, but at a dollar forty-five, how much do you want to find out? He should win. It's better than flip of the coin odds. He'll step away and behave himself, but you're not getting better than flip the coin odds. So for that reason... I'm not going to be backing him, even though the temptation will be there for punters that anchor him in the multis. Makes sense, Mick. Did you back copy that early? Did Greg O'Connor back copy that early? Because the 350 eviscerated. So um, self-assured drifted, just pushed 10 cents, 230 to 240. Old Town Roads had no love, nines to 11s, as has Kango, as has the big Lebowski. Everything, apart from a slight 50 cents move on a cooter, has been pointing towards copy that, judging by the TAB website. Are you involved? Um, yeah, I, I backed self-assured last week pre-final field. Uh, and I often back two horses in a race, as anybody will know who listens to the mail on, on Saturday morning. So I backed self-assured at $3 or something like that. And then I backed copy down to three fifty because it's about somewhere between 85 and 90% one of those two will win. Every time they line up together, one of them wins, more or less. Is the occasional time they don't in lead-up races when they're off handicaps, but when they're off the front line together, one of the two of them will win. So I back one at $3.50, I think it one at $3, and I'll just watch them go around and get the money. And if I don't, well, there's always a 10% chance in gambling that something can go wrong. There's always a 10% I couldn't see that possibly happening scenario. And that's possible. But I genuinely mark one of them winning tonight somewhere between 85 and 90% because Akuta's the only horse clearly good enough to beat them. And he had an issue last week. I'm not sure he can be as fit as he needs to be. I also think by race start time, Akuta will be paying $10. And if I really bored, I can still back him as well and still come out of the race with profit. So as you know, Louis, I don't bet for fun. Um, my heart rate won't go up at all during the race. I'm watching it to make money. Because I'm going to Royal Ascot in three weeks. I'm going to spend a truckload of money in bars in London, and I'll need some cash. <laughs> Not to mention you're 
range of top hats you're going to have to get. Right, let's uh, look at uh, I've how two, you think. I've got that... two. I'm going with my brother and the <laughs> swapping top hat three today. So I've got a black one and a grey one. I'll one on Tuesday, and then on the Thursday we're swapping top hats. Luckily, we oh. both have the gear and very big head, which is a big bonus. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, I just want, before we uh, leave the Auckland Cup alone, uh, Self Assured, of course, has drawn one. Uh, which is a good barrier, uh, I would imagine. Copy that seven, Akuta nine, the three horses you've mentioned. Map the race for us then. Will you sit there with your heart not beating? I think Tango and He's a Sport will be the first two out. Um, Selfish was pretty good from a standing start. When you come into barrier one, you're standing the longest, so there's going to be a bit of stuff in around, but it's only a small field. So therefore, they shouldn't muck around too much. I think self-assured will be beaten out, even not certain, but probably. Then the question is, if Kango or He's a Sport, who are very quick beginners, get across him, will they hand? Well, He's a Sport will. If He's a Sport leads, he absolutely hands the front away. No doubt. Kango, their team is suggesting they may stay in front. But if that early messaging is that Kango staying in front and you can't get the lead, then they'll fall into single file and then they'll start moving from about the mile. So either way, if copy that happened to roll to the lead, almost impossible to beat. He's won two New Zealand Cups, a race by Grins, a Ballarat Cup, a Taylor Mile and a Messenger in front. If he's not in front, then it comes down to who can sprint better, and I think that suits self-assured more. So I think self-assured has the ability to be close to the speed, so does copy that. The question mark and the horse that will determine who wins tonight's Auckland Cup is Tango, because if he leads and he says no to copy that, that aids self-assured because you're taking away one of copy that's key weapons and that is his ability to lead and to take the race. Mick, we often talk about copy that. We often talk about self-assured, muscle mountain, those types of horses, confessional. Across the board, though, are you happy that there's enough top liners and pacing and trotting ranks at the moment or are we relying on this top-heavy brigade too much? Merlin and Don't Stop Dreaming are coming through, so they're really good three-year-olds. Um, Bolt for Brilliance will come back, Smithy. The problem isn't so much the fact that we don't have any good horses. The problem for harness racing is galloping is so big now. Ten years ago, 15 years ago, when you would go to a cafe or a bar and you were talking to racing-type people, or people who were inclined to have a bet, the picking order was pretty much this. Ellerslie, Gallops, Trentham, Gallops, rah-rah, that's all good fun. And I don't mind the harness at Addington and Alexandra Park. They were the conversations people were having. You know yourself, and many of our listeners who like racing will know, if they're standing in a bar on a Saturday afternoon having a bet, and I'm not saying that everybody goes to bars to bet, please don't think I'm linking the two things together. But so many people's conversations now are based around James McDonald and Chris Waller, and I like this thing at Flemington, and I like this thing at Brisbane tomorrow for the Queensland races. And because our television, television rules the way we view all sports. Anybody who doesn't believe that hasn't watched darts or poker, which didn't exist 20 years ago, and now they're massive. And because we have so much racing pumped into our brains from Australia, and it's a wonderful product, people gravitate toward it. And on a Saturday afternoon now, harness racing is on trackside too, and no one watches it because you don't leave trackside one. And one of the problems with those, when we had a different leadership of the TAB during COVID, they eviscerated their coverage. They just gutted it. And I understand why. They've slowly clawed it back for the gallops, so they had Lee Tennis and Brendan Pop all on track on Saturday afternoons. And it's, it's watchable, 
but there's still nothing compared to, for example, the bells and whistles of Melbourne or Brisbane or Sydney. But harness racing has virtually never has presented on track. They might have eight times a year. So people start going, well, I'm not getting as much buzz or narrative or involvement from my harness racing experience, and some of the better presenters aren't used anymore. But yet, when I watch Melbourne, I get racing.com. So it's a more pleasant viewing experience. And you would know yourself, Smith, you've commentated enough rugby to know that a lot of people love watching the league because they enjoy the commentators and they enjoy Matty Johnson's show, whereas they don't want to watch Australian rugby because they don't want to hear that rubbish because they don't enjoy the experience. And then mm. it becomes a problem for racing. Australian racing has become really sexy, and yes, it's a great product, but it's presented well, and people feel fun and they enjoy it. Watching Australian race, racing makes them feel good. And yet for our own domestic racing, because they, for some bad no one's ever made sense of this to me. They decided to gut tracks off. What you've done is you've made the local racing second tier. We have the racing picking order in New Zealand now is massive Australian coverage, enormous, deep, long form coverage of Hong Kong, then Saturday gallops. Midweek gallops are basically irrelevant because we don't have any presenters on track to tell you the narrative, and then harness racing. So we've taken our own product and made it inferior to Hong Kong and Australia. And for the people listening to this show, they don't have any loyalty to any one code. So we're going to go, if I get to watch Hong Kong with Zach Curtin, or I get to watch Sydney with James McDonald, then what do I really care about harness racing at Invercargill and the other channel? That broadcasting is absolutely crucial. And anybody who doesn't understand that in New Zealand Racing Administration clearly doesn't watch Formula One, Drive to Survive, as I said, darts and poker, sports that didn't exist to television got them. We have to get our broadcasting model right, and my belief is that Entain will dramatically change the way we view racing in this country. Brilliant. I love that summation, and it's given me optimism. Uh, Mick, uh, enjoy tonight. Uh, we'll catch you. I want to catch you before you go to Ascot um, anyway, and it's a couple of weeks' time. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a blue ribbon night tonight, so uh, make sure it uh, it happens beautifully there at headquarters at uh, Alexandra Park. Thanks, uh, thanks for your input this morning. I've really enjoyed it. Hey, thanks, Billy. And by the way, tomorrow morning, um, Louie and I have a really cool guest on um, on the mail run at nine o'clock in the morning. We have a guy called Sam Fairbrake. That'll mean nothing to anybody. No one will know who he is. He's the guy who buys horses for Mister Zhang, who runs Yulong Bloodstock. This week, this week, they spent $26 million and counting on horses. He's a Kiwi. He's going to join us on 9 o'clock tomorrow morning to tell us what it's like to spend $26 million, $26 million on horses. That's today. Sam Fairgrave, part of the mail on tomorrow morning. Show kicks off at 8 o'clock. He'll be on at 9.